the Lux Ops here podcast with Scott Bowser. Group of five and Independence Edition with Colby Swingin' Dick Dantabase Dant, a.k.a. Pick Dundee. It's brought to you by MyBookie.ag. That's right, MyBookie.ag. Use promo code LSH for a 50% deposit on your deposit. Up to, you get 50%. If you put in 1000 bucks, if it's 1000 max, they'll give you 500 free bucks. You're stupid if you don't do this because we're, we're about to give you the fucking gold mine of the century. I'm here with my man Colby Dent from the College Experience. Colby, how are you, dude? Dude, you brought me on to talk UConn football. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah, dude. Okay, so when I first lined this outline out for this preview series, I was like, okay, I'll do the NFL divisions. I'm like, oh, I got to do college football too. So I'm, I'll do the group of, I'll do the power fives. And then I was like, Dude, Colby will crucify me in the town square and like quarter me like the end of Braveheart if I don't do the group of the the group of five schools. And not only that, you know as well as like I'm as big of a fan of these kind of like these smaller schools as you are. Like I yeah. these, these are my favorite games to watch every Saturday. Like a hundred percent, I will argue with anyone any day that. Uh... You're gonna find some of the purest football in the Group of Five or the FCS. And what I mean by purest football, look, the NFL is great, but it's a copycat league. Everyone's running the same thing. No one has the balls. Mike, we had Mike Leach on the show, and he was talking about this. I don't even know if he was on air or off air with us, but he was talking about how the NFL used to be innovating in the in the 80s and then in you know 70s and 60s. And he said it turned into a copycat league when now, you know, everyone's chasing college. Well, college is the real – like, the way football is, is like, to me, the, the, the purity of the game here is that you, you can see Army take Oklahoma to overtime. Oklahoma's yeah. got five-star athletes. You get a triple option attack. It is the, it's the greatest sport And in the a world. well-coached, disciplined defense kind of thing. And the cool thing about it to me is, like, because at this point, we both know the Power Five schools are basically just minor leagues for the NFL. So they're yeah. trying to all copy the NFL more than NFL copy them. So it becomes like a weird, like, pull, push me, pull you, reach around circle jerk, like, kind of thing. But but where could you see the air raid go but up against that's the, thing, is it the has triple to, option or the run and shoot? This has to come or, from the smaller yeah. schools. Because yeah. no one would have the balls to implement the air raid straight up Well, in a I don't know why conference. the Detroit Lions don't try something. Dude, run the triple option. I mean, Fuck they have it. one playoff win in, like, 70 years. Have some balls and try the triple option. Dude, run the wishbone. Yes. yes. <laughs> like, like, I, dude, I, I, I mean, look, we don't even have to do NFL. I'll tell you, college, I don't understand how a, like, how a university like Vanderbilt does not run the triple option. Yeah. Arizona, I don't get it. Run the triple option. Uh, uh, you know, dude, like, well, like, like you were saying with, uh, whatchamacallit there, uh, fucking the Detroit Lions. Can you imagine week one, NFL coming up in a couple weeks, September 12th. They're playing the 49ers at home, and on their first offensive possession, they line up in, like, the Maryland power eye. Dude, it would be and, – and get this. I know a lot of people from Detroit that just don't give a fuck because the Lions have been bad so long. It would make it I interesting. Bet you, <laughs> I bet you if a new coach came in, if they hired Jeff Munkin from Army and they said we're going to run the triple option, those fans that don't give a fuck would want to check it out. Yeah. So, like, to me, it's a marketing – it's a great marketing angle. The last time anyone ran the triple option in the NFL was uh, Ron Meyer 
at, with the Indianapolis Colts with Eric uh, Dickerson, and he only ran it periodically through the season, but it was successful. It Bill Walsh ran it with the season of scabs and, in 87. And you could say the Ronnie Brown Dolphins uh, Wildcat may, might be the last time they – and I guess the early read option days of, like, Russ Wilson and Kaepernick, like, that might be the last time the NFL really tried to innovate. With well, the and that's still successful in the NFL. You it still, still see that. Now, now, they don't run it every play, obviously, but – if you're the Lions, why not shake it up? Nothing's been working for 50, 60, 70 years now. You know, you had Barry Sanders. You had Calvin Johnson. You had great players, and you still had the same results. Uh, you got to love how Calvin Johnson, maybe one of the top five receivers in NFL history, came from a triple option offense in college. That's like how Brett Favre came from. Yes. Brett Favre's dad coached him in high school and ran the wishbone. It's like, I don't care. We run my system. I don't care what we got. I honestly don't understand, like, like a team like, uh, you know, that loses every year. I mean, we saw with Kansas. I do think Kansas is going to get back on track. But, like, there's lots of – New Mexico State plays tomorrow. Sort of uh, the 2017 season, I think, Doug Martin took them to a bowl. But prior to that, it, they had never been to a bowl. They also, have been horrible for a long time. Run the option, and I guarantee you, you make the bowl. And I'll tell year. you what, where's the defensive innovation, too? When have we yeah. seen a new, like, kind of, like, like it's been like, three, three, five it went, it went from, like, 5-2 to, like, you know, 3-3-5 three, three, might be the last one, but it went from 5-2 to a 4-3 or 3-4. It's been pretty much stuck in neutral ever since. Can you imagine if you ran, like, oh, one, five, five. Dude, me and, Patty C, me and Patty C have comments like this. And, and uh, I, I think coaches just get stuck in football mode. But I'm saying if you are a team like, you know, Kansas was losing every game. Well, let's talk about Bowling Green. Dude, yeah, let's talk about Bowling Green. Fuck these power five. Bowling Kansas Green was, was power a cash five. cow. Yeah, like, was a cash cow for all of us. We were taking Bowling Green minus 35, look, if I'm at, and they still wouldn't cover. If I'm the defensive coordinator at fucking Bowling Green, right, I'm not yeah. going to be able to recruit enough good defensive linemen to really make a standard 4-3-3-4 work, right? So why not run my 1-5-5? Because I can get linebackers and defensive backs and just try and find that one anchor of a defensive lineman and get a couple hybrid linebacker end types that can get create pressure on the outside. Like, Dude, I, I, I'm telling you, I have uh, – I think maybe we just – with our stand-up minds, um, I, I don't know, but I'm saying, like, I, I don't understand why they don't think outside the box more. If my, if my team was losing by 50 every week, yeah. like, I, I told my, my, my co-host, Patty C., I said, dude, if I was a head coach and I would, I would just try this in general, put, get three quarterbacks that are mobile, right? Because some colleges have that. Some colleges have, like, Army has three mobile quarterbacks. Um, now, they're more running backs, but I'm saying sometimes you'll see it where actually they have three mobile quarterbacks, like Utah yeah. State a few years ago. Yeah. Um, why not put all three? If, but Utah State wasn't Yeah, put them all three in the same backfield. Yes, and every play you have no idea who's throwing the ball. Okay, because I'm more of a defensive-minded guy. I, I always wanted to be a defensive coordinator. I think you and I would really team up well to, to coach a, a flag football championship. <laughs> but, dude, like I would run like a, 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 a fucking 0-2-9 on obvious passing downs. I'm going to put two yeah. linebackers and nine defensive backs. Why, I mean, why not fuck it up? It's, it's, sprinkle, it's, it's, it, sprinkle it around every – If it's like, every, like, you know, if it's third and 13, I'm going to put 90 Bs and two linebackers out there and dare you to run knowing everybody's going to swarm to the ball if you do. Yeah, yeah. And, and how about this? If you're bowling green where you're giving up like 1,000 yards rushing every game yeah. – I mean, that's not even kick. a joke. <laughs> kick it on side kick every, every, every score. Yeah. I, I don't understand like – Oh, I would definitely it, be that coach that just like video gamed it. Go for two every time. Do this every time. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay, let's, so let's get into that. Okay, I'm sorry. Real quick, though, I wanted to give you props, though, for the series you've been doing all summer of covering, doing an episode of your show on every single Division One FBS school and even some FCS schools and even extra episodes on them. They've been phenomenal. I'm almost completely caught up. I strongly recommend all you guys go check these out. Colby knows his shit more than anything. Same with his brother, Nick, who you guys heard on the ACC show, and Patty C., who I need to get on one of these days, too. But, like... Yes. Uh, you guys have done such a good job, and I, I gotta say, I got one no, one critique for you on this, and it's What's actually that? a positive. Uh, uh, it's a thank po- you, by the way. It's a positive yeah. one, dude. Um, okay. You guys keep saying we're too high on these overs, and that's actually the right move, because so many of these were you're mostly breaking down FBS schools, and they sprinkle in so many FCS schools. It's not like the NFL where there's only so many wins to go around in this group of teams. <laughs> that's a good point. There's a lot of extra wins available on the schedule because of well, the FCS. Well, and some teams schedule like two Multiple FCS, FCS schools, yeah. yes. Yeah. So, uh, so no, that's like, I, I think you're too hard on yourself for taking, like being like, I'm too high on these overs. Well, it's like, well, when these teams keep adding in these lower division schools, the overs are going to be more in play. Like, yeah. And, okay. Well, and, and and I'll be honest. I mean, we've been doing this for a few years. I mean, last year we did it to. to unfortunately, uh, the schedules. All right, now changed. that was the carrot. Here's the stick. Because <laughs> th- to go with that, because there's such a wide variety in some schedules and these different conferences and everything, I think you you guys might be bringing up the uh, or not even bringing up, but like just the overall rankings in offense and defense might be leaning too hard into that. A hundred percent. Especially, I was just about to hit on this, like. This is the year, I was telling my my brother this, uh, this is the year where I think we could be, you know, we've been over 500 each and every year. We haven't done a podcast on every team, but we've picked every over-under every single year and for the past four years. And we've been really, like, really fire on the over-under side. I know you have. Every November, you're sitting around cashing tickets all month. Yeah, but, but this year, I will say, like, I texted my brother. I'm like, dude, you, you, you try to break down some of these teams. They, the, well, some of them didn't play at all last year. And some of them played three games, and you're like, I have no fucking idea. Well, how that, good they're going to be. And that's the thing too is also like, uh, like when you look at like the like, okay, obviously you don't want to rank 120th in the country in offense, but I think the maybe a better metric to do this is look where do they rank in their conference, especially from last year. Well, no, 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 no. That's but 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 look, that, you're right, you're right, especially for last year because. A lot of these played teams, like I, ACC and Big Ten, played in conference only. Pac-12 played in conference only. All of them. Only. Mountain West yeah. did the same. Mac did the same. So it completely jaded the stats. It was a really hard process this year as opposed to others because you're sitting there like, yeah, Kent State's got the number one offense in the nation, and I think they're a good offense, but I'm like, that's so, Yeah, really that's really what I was going to get with you. It's just like, I think like this year, especially for these group of five schools, the way we need to evaluate them as handicappers going into this is we we need to figure out our own power rankings of how good these conferences are in order, and then we can get a better idea of how those in conference rankings work. Because when these we're gonna need, we're gonna get into these non conference matchups, and like you, you, you dude, yeah, like like how is like like dude, uh, good one off the top of my head. Week two, App State, Miami. I think App State wins that game. I think they could. My only scare is like the quarterback spot for App State. Okay, okay. Well, we'll, um, we'll, 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 okay. But but hold on, hold on. But 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 another thing that the factor in that's making this more and more complex is the transfer portal. Oh God, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Colin. You Howard started UCLA, football. then like Utah, then Oklahoma, or he, he's well, like 
Uh, you shouldn't be able to do three schools in a uh, – come on. <laughs> dude, dude, uh, I'm previewing uh, – or I was previewing New Mexico State for the solo podcast. I was previewing it for tomorrow's game, that their rivalry game against UTEP, which I'm excited to I've watch. I've listened to both those episodes already. Thank you. I actually am excited to watch that, but it's really hard to get a gauge. A, everyone transferred out because the state of New Mexico wouldn't let them practice in the state of yeah. New Mexico. It was just a mess for them. They had to punt on their season. They played two games in the spring. But also, they to fill those gaps, they, they didn't have enough freshmen, so they had to go JUCO route. Good on them for playing some spring games, too, by the way. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They played two spring games, and they got in, like, 60 practices or something. But I'm saying, like, it's really hard for me to gauge. I don't even have film to watch, bro. The yeah. two spring games, they, the, the JUCOs weren't there. So it's like, yes, the quarterback was there or one wide receiver, but – uh, it, like I'm just saying, this year but there's more room to be wrong. Than I I, ever I say there might be more value gambling wise in the in the group of five schools this year more than any other years because there's so many six year like super seniors. Yeah, because yeah. like the, the in the power five, those guys would be you know bailing out, going pro, or taking some cushy job in the athletic department after, or whatever, whatever they they do, taking a car. Well, I don't know job. because the NIL might have brought have them put, back. Yeah, you know, NIL might have brought a few of these guys back. Yeah, yeah. But uh, all right, do you want to get, get into independence? <laughs> like, because we could talk about this kind of stuff all yeah, fucking let's day. Let's go. Like, let's go. Independence. Independence. Um. Okay. The. the I haven't talked about them much yet, and so we got to talk about Notre Dame. I haven't really done much Notre Dame coverage on the show. Um, Brian Kelly uh, started off with mid-majors in Cincinnati and Central Michigan. Uh, dude, one of the better coaches in the, in the country. Uh, I got to say, I am – okay, I'm big. One of my bets I got right now, and it's a bigger one, I think. I, uh, I, I can't even think about them right now. There's so many. But uh, I got Notre Dame going over eight and a half. Are you, are you, I love it. One yeah. of my locks. It's okay, one so of my locks. here's yeah. one I just found doing my AFC South preview that I did with Kramer the other day. You can do a prop, prop bet of um, because both teams have the same win total, eight and a half. More wins in the season, Colts or Notre Dame? The Indianapolis Colts. Oh, I love it. I love Notre Dame over that. <laughs> and I know your boy Scotty Montgomery is now on the Colts coaching staff. Yeah, yeah. So you got the Colts. You got to fade the Colts on that one, right? He single handedly ruined my alma, my college's team or my my university. He single handedly ruined a program that would have been like a very decent mid major program for forty years. I'm yeah. talking Pat Dye. I'm talking Steve like there's Logan. times where with ECU we're talking about East Carolina. But like yeah. there's times throughout history where you thought like maybe they're the next team to join the ACC. Dude, you know. <laughs> there was times in the mid-2000s, I shit you not, like I think it was Sports Illustrated or Sporting News, did an article saying the SEC should pick up East Carolina. They've been, they've been really good for the past 40 and years. And it would put them in North Carolina where they only had South yes. Carolina. In, in... And, and they compared it to Starkville. They said it's like Stark, the, the football experience. Because I'll tell you this, you go to an ECU football game, it is a great environment. I want to go to one with you one day, man. Like... Yes, you, we need to do this because – it's a passionate fan base. You tailgate. It's, it is a unique experience. It's part of what makes the college experience, to me, the best. Uh, experiences like that, or I've been to the University of Montana football games. Those are all great. Um, but they are the, – the article was stating that they were essentially like Oxford or like Starkville, and that was the reality. Or Scotty South Bend, like though, Notre Dame. Scotty <laughs> Montgomery came in there and fucked that all up, so take Notre Dame. Take Notre Dame over the Colts. Code. That's a William Hill bet. Yeah. So if you're, you have access to a William Hill book in your state, 
fucking pound that shit, guys. Take Notre Dame over the Colts. I think I like that prop bet. Well, um, dude, and, and, and what, what you got to like about Notre Dame? We're talking about a guy who got hired there as a running backs coach, by the way. It's not like he's the head coach. Doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It's, it's a, gotta you have get that seek in your staff, right? It's got to have an effect. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love your level of bitterness on this kind of stuff. Dude, we, we were like, the year before, we had beat, like, we fired Ruffin McNeil unjustly. Our quarterback tears an ACL a week before the season. Our backup quarterback still manages to beat Virginia Tech and NC State. We barely miss out on a bowl competitively. Almost beat some of the good, like, really good teams. I think we only lost to Florida in the swamp by eight. And, like, and you fire him? That was his first non-bowl season? Yeah, that's it. At a mid-major, a at a mid-major you got to expect the occasional, like, 5-7 and seven season or whatever. For, you know, Especially for an, when your starting quarterback tears, tears it down. Yeah, you don't have that yeah. kind of depth the way. Uh, um, yeah. Dude, that, it was a new athletic director that came in a year before, and he was just trying to be that fucking guy. I'm going to bring in my guy. Well, yeah, look fuck what that. you did. Fuck you that a, shit. A, a great program. You took a great fucking program that had beaten Blue Bloods throughout college football for 40 years, and you turned it into a fucking doormat. They beat Virginia Horrible. Tech. I mean, they've, yeah. they've done in Blacksburg. Like they've, okay. Yes. Um, why do we like Notre Dame over eight and a half? Uh, I like it because I, I, I think there's some favorable schedule games there where it's like they get those, some of those night games against, like, North Carolina. Uh, I'm going to have to edit those burps out. Um, uh, Florida State. <laughs> Like, I, I think they have some – because what is it? They play, like, five ACC games a year now? Is that how it works? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, just join They're the traditional rivals of, like, um, um, SC, Stanford, Navy. Uh, yeah. Which the Notre um, Dame-SC game didn't happen last year for the first time in God knows how long. I know – I yeah. mean, you know me. I'm a diehard Bruin. Uh, I got my Bruin shirt under my Hawaiian shirt right now because the UCLA-Hawaii game tomorrow. But – uh, um, so, but like, okay, so SC, when this Notre Dame SC matchup, because I kind of want to get into this, uh, you brought up such a great point about SC that you should go on the fucking sports casting Hall of Fame on it, that they don't need to be running the fucking air raid. When you're a program yeah. like SC, um, like, Al, like Al, dude, they're in that fucking stratosphere with, the, they're the Alabama of the West Coast, essentially, when it comes down to historically and all that. I hate it. I'm a UCLA fan, but that's the truth. Well, well you um, should be happy then that they're running the air raid. I am. I am because I think it gives UCLA I think Jim a Kelly great. Kelly can op- steal the city right now. Yep, I, I absolutely agree because the longer they keep that air raid running, I would love it if they fire Helton and then promote Graham Harrell from offensive coordinator head coach. <laughs> Dude, watch if San Jose State beats them week one, which I think could happen. I think it happens too. Uh, happen. We'll get into San Jose State on yeah. the on the next segment. <laughs> Let's not, uh, well, e- let's not even touch, open that. For bear. Let's talk about SC Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame slaughters them this year. They haven't had a chance to play them in a couple of years. I think it's a bloodbath because they're still Notre Dame, and they're still playing Notre Dame football. Linemen, running backs, guys that can fucking work it because you can recruit it. You don't have to resort to the gimmicks. I, I, I love the Air Raid. I'm a huge Air Raid fan. But that's for Washington State. Because they're not going to recruit. No, it's for the it's for Mississippi State, Washington State, Texas yeah, Tech. It's the teams that are second tier, you know, in their division or or whatever. Uh, and and you know, it, it get it makes up for your your lack of recruiting. In and a people way, are high know. on SC going into this year. Where they what they their win total is like a nine something like that. Yeah. And so it's like Notre Dame's win total secondly lower. I think they're a much better team. And the matchup, I do too. And the matchup, they crush them. That if you can get an early line on that now, because SC might yeah. even be favored. 
hundred percent. Pound 100%. that. Pound it as early as you can. And and they go. Uh, you know, Notre Dame goes and hires Marcus Freeman, who I think is a great defensive coordinator. Um, I think they only got better with Clark Lee's departure yeah, to Vanderbilt and, and Marcus Freeman coming in. I think not only have you seen it on the recruiting trail, Notre Dame fans will tell you this. Uh, they've instantly recruited a lot better since Marcus Freeman got there because he was a player at Ohio State. This guy is legit, and he can recruit better than better than anyone Notre Dame's had. So I, I actually think you're going to start to see a lot of good athletes coming into Notre Dame. But Notre Dame is an offense. Brian Kelly deserves this credit. I was a hater in a way because I thought Brian Kelly was a huge asshole to his players, which, and I just thought like he would go too soft at, at Central Michigan, Cincinnati, and even his first years at Notre Dame. But he deserves a ton of credit because he didn't he, just stay ball. with his team. He 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 changed his philosophy, yep. which I I you rarely see that in a head coach. Yeah, so team. many head coaches are just committed to this is what I do, this is how I do it, and that's how I do it. Good, great, great coaches say, this is what I have. Here's how I make it work. Yeah, and by him changing that philosophy. I mean, when they played Alabama back in, like, I think 12, 2012 or something, when they had Manti Teo, that game should have never happened. They were getting blown off the ball by 20 fucking yards. I mean, I hate, to bring it to the, I hate to bring it to the NFL, but, it's like, we hate the Patriots as much as the next guys. But, fucking hey, you got to give Belichick credit where if you really break down every one of those Patriots Super Bowls, they basically ran like a different system every year. Like yeah. they they worked oh, for their strengths. Like you know they're 100%. you know and like dude, that's why they kept winning because he's like, okay, here's what we got. Here's what we're good at this year. We got running backs that can catch the ball, and we got a tight end. So fuck, you know, man. so our receivers got to focus on blocking. You know that that's the key kind of thing. And like and yeah, dude, like I think that's what I was gonna say. Is like Brian Kelly. I feel like how many coaches in the country do you feel like straight up in game are gonna out coach him right now? Not many. I mean, he just, yeah. he gave a coaching clinic last year. To Dabo Swinney in the fucking Clemson game in the first one. No, I was going to say the North Carolina game. Mac Brown. Oh, yeah. He I, embar- I, he pulled his pants down and shoved them in a locker. Oh, my gosh. That one, and I was, I was coming in bullish. I thought North Carolina had more talent. I thought this offense was going to fuck with Notre Dame. Man, did Brian Kelly make the first quarter, first half, North Carolina was starting to live up to the what I thought would happen. Brian Kelly, huge halftime adjustments. Him and Clark Lee deserves credit too, because I think only like I think North Carolina only had two first downs in the second half. It was coaching one on one because that that's what Mac Brown is, man. And and Mac Brown seems like a nice human being. I don't I don't mean to shit on him, but at the same time, he always to me I can remember when I'm a Colorado fan too. When Colorado played them in 2001 or two, like they were extremely more talented than us. I think Mac Brown uh, would make a better athletic director than head coach. A hundred percent. Dude, I'll put it like this. If you give certain coaches that talent that he had at North Carolina the first time and Texas, they might have won national championships. He I mean, hit fucking Julius Peppers the first time around. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They would have won like five or six national championships. Those teams were loaded with talent, yep. man. Absolutely. Um, but I like Notre Dame for several reasons, man. I like Brian Kelly's physicality. This has turned into offensive line U. Yeah, them, dude, dude, they put they've cranked so many dudes into the league over the last decade, dude. Like, dude, they're a, they're a factory, and they look. look so the the big panic and the reason why that line is so low and defensive linemen too. Let's not forget guys like Stephon yeah. Tuitt. And, I mean, they're, yeah. They're, but but the reason why that number I think is so low is because you say because yeah, you lose four or five offensive linemen, you lose Ian Book, you know, uh, you lose your defensive coordinator. 
I I think you you're I think they're bringing back seven on defense off the top of my head. Marcus Freeman comes in, which I think is an upgrade. Yeah. And then and he gets guys with experience to, to work with. That hell, I mean, well, that's, and, and and like your your offensive linemen that are coming in. They were highly recruited. This has turned into a factor. Well, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, dude, their third string offensive line right now is probably better. It's probably on a lot start of on a lot. Like yeah. they could start at Kansas. They could, we could we could go down the line of all yes. the schools they would start at. Hundred percent. And then one thing I will know say about Brian Kelly even before when he was at Central Michigan, when he was at Cincinnati, even in his first time at Notre Dame, he is a great quarterback coach. Jack Cohn was a decent passer. Hey, Look at the percentage. Way, Jack it was like seventy percent. You know what that reminds me of? What's that? Rodney Dangerfield, because his birth name was Jacob Cohen, and he, and his and his he first and then his first stage name was Jack Roy, because his dad was a comic. So he was Jack Roy Junior. And then he changed it to Rodney Dangerfield. Hello. So, and that and and is Dangerfield still open? Did it make it through the pandemic? Dangerfield three or Dangerfield two? No, there's a two. comedy club. I know. In New Jersey. And then, oh, okay. And, yeah. No, but then there's the ones uh, where they opened up those uh, alt rooms in L.A. called Dangerfield two. The New oh yeah. yeah. Three. <laughs> Dude, we should open up Cones Cones Comedy Cones club. Comedy Club. Yeah, we'll get David Cone to come throw out the first pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, um, but that's baseball. So yeah, we're both on note. I mean. We got to get into other stuff here, but yeah, go go. For the, it. No, but like we're, we're both heavy on Notre Dame here. There's a we just gave. I think the coaching alone, because when you have a schedule like theirs where they don't really, have, it's an independent no back to back away game. No, no, they, they know they can set it up because they don't have to be at the mercy of the conference schedulers. So their athletic department really does a good job of putting them in a good spot every week. And just that alone to me, they're a nine-win team off the gate on that. And this over eight and a half, I got it at minus one fifteen too. I, I think there's a shot they're favored in every game when the when the game goes to. Kick. I I think they should be. They probably yeah. should be. And you know, because they're probably, I mean, up front they're going to be the most physical team every game they play, unless they play like Alabama in the. Playoffs. No, they play. They do play Wisconsin, which will be the only one. The only one that can. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, okay. Anything else in the independence that you're interested in or you like, dude? Um, I, I, you know what? I, I'm going to, I'm going to take a ticket on the Yukon over. <laughs> yeah. What's that at right now? And hold on. I'm going to give it to you because I will say one thing from previewing all these teams. I have them in a teaser. To, I did a five team teaser for tomorrow and I took Yukon up to like 33 and a half or whatever. Uh, it's like, well, I, I, dude, I, I like it at 27 and a half. I know when, when, I don't know when this is coming out. Will they get it before this game t- kicks? Probably not. Uh, probably right? not. Yeah, uh, it'll probably come out like uh, that game kicks early tomorrow morning. It'll probably be out tomorrow evening. So yeah. Uh, well, look, I, I'm gonna. I'm currently right now. Give me five seconds here, and I'm gonna tell you because the line. You know, I might stay up all night and just tweak this out so people can hear it first thing in the morning. <laughs> uh, so I'm getting this at. Hang on, I think it's two and a half, but I'm just double checking. Two and a half. Here. Okay. Well. Yes, two and a half. But here's the kicker here. They got some FCS schools on their fucking schedule. They have right? two. Yeah, so that should be <laughs> Yale two wins. And Holy Cross. Yeah, they should beat Holy Cross, right? Well, and they have UMass on the schedule. And yeah, yeah, oh, oh, classic, classic ragtime candy ass Yankee rivalry. And, dude, and and, and and I'm gonna make this point, Randy Edsel. Yes, I know they had the year off. And by the way. New York Times deemed them national champions. Don't, don't fade the national champs, Scott. Yeah, because, don't okay, let's explain to everybody. Uh, Connecticut is the defending New York Times national champs because 
The New York Times is a pinko commie rag that, <laughs> that decided to, and I say that with all irony. And they just all shit on Old Dominion. All irony they just shit on Old Dominion. Yeah, so they, they gave Connecticut the national championship for sitting the season out and being true gentlemen of the game. Although Old Dominion also sat the season out in the FBS. No love for the. No, no. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, though, because, uh, <laughs> dude. You know what's funny about that to me is it shows you what college football national championships really mean unless you have the expanded playoff. And I don't want to that, – that this will turn into a six-hour episode <laughs> if I fucking get you off on expanded playoff. But, like, honestly, like, like, like it's just guys voting for shit. That's all the national championship has ever been, really. Now, I mean, there's, yeah. okay, the invitational now, whatever. It's – we need a 16-team playoff. I think I, – I would like to see a 32 – but I told Colby my uh, my my version of it is every conference has to have a semifinal, then a con- like so every conference has a four team playoff, and then you have to be in your conference championship game to make the the sixteen team playoff. So it becomes like, like a thirty. Idea. It becomes I, like a thirty two team playoff. I'm a hundred percent on board with your idea. I mean, my one would be different, but I'm still uh, I'm open. Well, my well, my idea is about is. Uh, con- because college football should be considered a regional sport. For some reason, it's considered a national sport. It's always been a region, and, and then the bowl games and the playoffs or whatever should be where the regions fucking settle their feuds. Just get games on campus. College football is about the experience. It's about the tailgating. Right. It's exactly what the NFL is. Look, I, and what's, I the like UCon, what's the UConn fucking tailgate experience? What do they do? Fucking... Well, did they, did they club well, Martha? Wins, does Earl Skakel's cousin club Martha Moxley with a golf club to death, and that's how they party at UConn tailgates? <laughs> Dude, UConn football game tickets are like going to do stand up at Marty's in LA. Like, <laughs> well, you got to go pay. I, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to pay to go do five minutes and bomb in front of three people not paying attention. I feel like the players got to pay five bucks to get in. I mean, you know? I mean, I mean, I really they they should have I, I want we should go to a UConn game, Colby. Hear me out on this. And, and we'll throw the Martha Moxley Memorial Tailgate Party, and we'll get Earl to come headline, and we'll, we'll do only <laughs> jokes about his cousin murdering that girl back in the 1970s. This is a fa- okay for those that don't know. This is a famous murder case where our friend Earl is a cousin of uh, his. Okay, his dad's sister married our Robert Kennedy. So he's like a Kennedy cousin, and he you can go back and listen to Earl's been on the show. You can go back and listen to his episode, and yeah, his cousin like clubbed some girl to death with a golf club when he was like fourteen, and they got arrested and convicted at forty, and then just got let out a few years later in his fifties. It's a it's a wild story, and uh, man, I had no idea. We're not even out of the independence yet, Cody. Hold on, hold on. Hold Let me make my point here. <laughs> okay, okay. UConn, look, the win total is two and a half. Randy Edsel, I actually think he's a good football coach. When he got hired at UConn, he said it would be a five-year job because there's no talent on the roster, right? Yeah, they should have. They should have gone to FCS for a couple of years if they could have. Dude, but <laughs> he had this team. He had this team beating Notre Dame like ten years ago and making a BCS bowl and playing Oklahoma. Yep. They, Donald they Brown, bro. Pros. Donald Brown. Dan Orlovsky. These guys were making the pros frequently. Like, I mean, they had defenders going. Uh, this. He can do this again. He even at Maryland. Maryland is hilarious well, because they it, fired him and he went. He made him. Yeah, he. Him two goals. They, they thought he. They, you know, it's. I, I love coaches like this. Like Greg Schiano at Rutgers is a great example of that right now, where it's like they go to the they they do so good because they know how to do it at these smaller places so well, 
and then they get promoted to this point, and then it's like, well, they don't, and then people expect it, them to go huge there right away, and when they don't, it's like you, you stick with people. Because yeah. if you don't stick with a guy like like Shiano, he's gonna go back to Rutgers. Now. Watch, Rutgers is gonna be a player in the next four years. Oh, I love Rutgers right now, man. Dude, I have a plus. I have a two hundred and fifty to one ticket on them to win the uh, Big Ten East, and that's like if basically if uh, it's a very small bet, but it's like if fucking Ohio State has some weird like scandal that happens, and Michigan and Michigan State just implode on each other. What if well, Michigan, like they're better than Michigan State? They beat them last year. Yeah. Michigan what if Rutgers just happens to be the last team standing in a chaotic Big Ten? You, you never know when that kind of stuff happens. At two, here's the thing: my take on Rutgers at two fifty to one for that division is it's rare you get division odds like that. That's usually like a conference or championship odds for a team like that. And I think Chiano's like one, maybe the best coach in that division if you really break it down. So I think Ryan Day inherited. A fucking, you know. Yeah, a, I, that's the the biggest shit. Like when you see the top ten, there's nothing worse. There's nothing that agitates me more than when you see like the top five coaches and they're like, they're like uh, Ryan Day, Lincoln Riley, Dabo Sweeney. I mean, I actually think Sweeney should be up there because he, he should he, he built it. Yeah, yeah where uh, Lincoln Riley, I, he's an ECU guy. I should like that, but I'm like, dude, he took over Oklahoma after Bob Stoops. He walked into the greatest situation yeah, ever. He was yeah. an OC there, right? Like, I as, think I could. As honestly, much as I hate Pete Carroll, he deserves credit because he fucking took over for fucking yes. uh, Paul Hackett. Yes. <laughs> so, like, there's something to that. Yeah, dude. Dude, but to say, like, and, and, I, and I think Ryan Day is a good coach. I just think, like, dude, I honestly believe, Scott. If we were having beers on the sideline and you were my defensive coordinator and I was the head coach. I really think with Ohio State's talent gap between them and the rest of the Big Ten, we're at least winning ten games for sure. And, I, and I'm games. and I'm doing stuff like that where I have two linebackers and fucking nine defensive backs on some plays, and everyone, everyone in the stadium's freaking out every time I do it, dude. And, people and you know what? You know fantastic. how especially I, really if I had that. if you had Ohio State's fucking talent doing something like that. Do you know how paranoid you'd make the other coaches on the other sideline? And you show that look three times a game, and all of a sudden they're they're preparing for it all week and forgetting about all the other regular packages that you do that you're dialed in on. Well, why, why, I mean, not to go down the same rabbit hole, but <laughs> there's a reason why the triple option. I mean, these guys, they're, they're just not even real football players. In a way, you look at, like, the size of Army's offensive line, how is it they win ten games? How are you taking Michigan and Oklahoma to overtime you know, and, you know and what impresses me uh, about Army more than anything almost is the defense, but really that plays into what you're saying about the triple option because they're able to do fucking 12-minute drives. But, but why <laughs> is that? It's not only the 12 minutes. It's you can't prep fast enough for it. No, you can't. And, and what does it neutralize? Steve. You can't react. You have to be patient. As a defense, you have to be patient. You can't just use so, speed to go everywhere and fucking dude, disrupt. People don't even realize this. The SEC is so dumb. Saban's dominance Look at the teams that have beaten him, gashed him the most. It is uh, Georgia Southern and the Citadel, right? I'm talking in Army. Yards per average on plays have been those teams. You might be Ole Miss from last year. This stat was from two years ago. But in general, it is, and he even talks about it. He goes, you got to stay disciplined. Unfortunately, we have all these great athletes that, that yes, and, and we teach discipline here, but he was like, not only do we have to stay disciplined, so you, you only have three or four practices to prep for this fucking thing. Yeah. And, and there's way more 
uh, athletically gifted, then the, I mean, they and, were and not, not, like, hey, if you're a fucking less talented team, the the one thing you want to do is have an offense that can take as much time off the clock as possible and keep their best athletes on their offense from killing you just over and over again with points. Because offensive guys are the ones that put up the points. So you want to keep those guys on the sideline as much as fucking possible, no matter what. And, well, that, and that's you, how you do you it. You neutralize, like, your edge rushers. Your, like, Alabama's always got great edge rushers. Yeah. Well, if you're not passing the ball, then it, what? Then, then, those guys aren't worth shit. A lot of their weaknesses, I mean, I know he's not Alabama, but if you look at some of the best pass rushers, whether it's Chase Young or whether it's a uh, dude for the Browns uh, from A&M, I'm drawing a blank on his name Miles right now. Miles Garrett. Yeah, Miles Garrett. Th- those guys, their flaw is the run. Their flaw is the run. So it, it not only takes out two of it, – it's just a genius. I, I'm shocked that no one in the SEC runs it because no, that is right. the best thing you can do when you're so far out – talented you know what i mean from a gap like it, it makes and that, i mean and and i know we're veering off from like what we're originally saying here but we're i'm trying to make this episode because like, you don't have time to cover like every team individually on the windows like i've been doing on the other ones so for this group of five stuff it's more about like yeah like these schematic advantages and stuff that you can create what these schools can use to fucking propel themselves to a higher fucking degree um any other thing almost in the end of- every year almost every year georgia southern who jumped up from the FCS. We'll get into that. We'll, we're going to get into them in a minute. So let's just hold off on Georgia Southern right now. Okay. Um, anything else you like in the independence? Do you, you like anything? No, like, I, hammer that UConn over because I think Edsel's too good of a coach. He's got two FCS opponents. Yeah, yeah. He wins. He wins. A, he and, and he's got two FCS and UMass. I think those and, be, and dude, I, I think they could beat Vanderbilt. I they think could. they could beat. I think they could beat Middle Tennessee. They get in Houston. Up in in Hartford on November 27th, and for some reason, look, we know Houston's more talented. That's a bad road trip for a Dana Holmgren team. The the last time they went there, they won by seven. Uh, Two times ago, when Houston had Tom Herman and they were like uh, 12 and 0, they lost at UConn. It's a horrible matchup for them on November 27th. It'll be cold as shit. You can't run the air raid. And 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 crazy wins. And I mean, this UConn over you're saying plays right into what I was saying earlier. It's like. Dude, yeah, you think there's not enough wins to go around, but yeah, they're, well, if it's two and a half, two of them are against FCS schools. Let's give it to them. Let's give them Holy Cross. Dude, okay. they also play Army. They also play Wyoming. Like, as much as I love right. Wyoming and we Army. we got to get off UConn. This is they late. win close. There's they actually good teams okay. that have chances that we can talk about. Okay. <laughs> Hammer that over on the Huskies. On UConn winning three games. Yeah, we, <laughs> we got it, dude. All right, anything else in the independence besides that stuff? Uh, I, I, I don't see anything really I worth covering. I like the under on BYU, but I mean, I do too. I, they lost more talent than anybody in the country. Uh, yeah, and two of their receivers are Mitt Romney's nephews. That's a well, fun thing. To a black, they're starting a black quarterback. Oh, that's the not going to go. Colliding. That's not going to go well. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, next up, let's get into the Mountain West. Um, uh, and now we actually have a conference to talk about. I so love there's, the Mountain there's, West. There's con- so do I. I live in Mountain West country, my brother. Um. <laughs> Uh, what do we got here? Okay, right now Boise's the clear, you know, the usual favorite every year. They're at plus one fifteen. Nevada, Nevada. I I live here. I should fucking pronounce the state right. Uh, plus four hundred. <laughs> Fresno State plus eight hundred. San Jose State plus eight hundred. Love that. Wyoming plus eight hundred. San Diego State plus eleven hundred. Air Force plus two thousand. Hawaii plus twenty five hundred. Colorado State eighty to one. Utah State, 101. 
New Mexico State, 150 to 1. UNLV, 250 to 1. New Mexico. New Mexico. Yeah, the, Lo- the Lobos, not the Aggies. Right. 150 to 1. UNLV, 251. Okay, I have two bets in this conference for win totals going in. I have Hawaii over 6 at minus 140. And I have San Jose State over 8 at minus 115. I love and both of them. The, the reason why the Hawaii one is so goddamn perfect. We, you've heard us talk about how New Mexico State's trash and we don't even know what they have already on this. New Mexico, they played New Mexico State twice this year. I, I, it's so great. <laughs> it's so great. It's so great. And they have a th- for some and and that makes it a thirteen game schedule for some reason instead of a fourteen game schedule. And they also get Portland State, right? Yeah. Okay. So you so, already got three. so you already got three wins right there. Yeah. Then on top of that, out of their toughest conference games, their four toughest conference games, in my opinion, because they avoid Boise off their schedule in conference. So their four toughest conference games are San Jose State, San Diego State, Fresno State, and Nevada. They play three of those at home. They beat Nevada last year. And they beat Nevada last year. They do go on the road yeah. trip to Nevada. I think that's, that's, that's a loss in Reno probably. But they, yeah. in UNLV, that's an easy – dude, UNLV is a win, and I think Colorado, in Colorado State's a win too. On, and do they dude, not play Todd Utah Graham State? Graham is do, a good coach. Do they not play Utah State as well too, where I think that's a very winnable game for them on the road? Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying is like to me, this is I, I completely agree with both of, of uh, the, the, the locks that you said. I mean, Hawaii is very capable. Look, I'm taking UCLA tomorrow, and I feel great. I think Hawaii could go nine and three. Uh, dude, I know Todd Graham's uh, like he's a really good. I remember him at Arizona State giving UCLA fits. Dude, yes, like, I think he's okay. a good coach. Look I, what he did at Rice. Look I what he did really at studied the Hawaii schedule. I've talked about them a lot on this show already, but I'll say this: I mentioned the Portland State and the two New Mexico games, but the real key for me to them hitting this thing is, I, I feel like they only have th- like two, three potential for sure losses on the schedule. I'll get UCLA is a loss tomorrow. That's a loss. Yeah, uh, uh, and, I mean, and, and if this episode comes time, out, this, guy, this episode's going to come out after that game, so I could look like a real asshole if they win it. Dude, and if they the win tomorrow, time. you cash. <laughs> if they win the tomorrow, you time. cash. Dude, they are two and one in their last three against the Pac-12. No, they, they are good. Here's the they thing: have a I could, I could see them culture in that state. I could see them beating Oregon State in Oregon State. But I can see them. Look, I, I'm taking UCLA. You, I mean, I'm taking them. Minus so I, dude, come on, man. Like, but I'll say this. Scott, if Dorian Thompson-Robinson, which I think he's fantastic and he's going to make a, a case for one of the best quarterbacks in, in the country this year, I, I, I still think Hawaii with Chevon Cordario, this guy's a beast. And I, I think if, if, if for some reason Dorian Thompson-Robinson makes a couple turnovers, Hawaii has the offense to make to make pay. Yeah, no, they do. And too, I'll tell you this, Todd Graham's a good coach, Like, but you would agree with me, if they win tomorrow – that over six is cash. cash. You cash it week Dude, one, basically. I'll say this. I'll say this. Their first month is incredibly tough, with the exception of the Portland State game, because they're at UCLA, they're at Oregon State, and then they get San Jose State. If they win any of those other than Portland State, you've cashed. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree, especially if that San Jose State game. And let's get into them next now, because, uh, dude, the over-unders at eight – I've been listening to your breakdowns and you talking about them, but more important, dude, like, let's look at what this team has coming back. A six-year super senior, thanks to COVID. Um, they have all five returning offensive linemen. They have a stud tight end, Derek Deese Jr. L- love fucking that kid. Derek yeah. Deese, uh, I don't know if you guys remember him as a 49ers fucking uh, Pro Bowl fucking lineman. But, yeah, his son's a stud tight end. They got two good running backs and, I believe, what, nine returning starters on defense? 
Yeah, their whole team is back, man. Their whole dude, team, dude. with the exception of like I think one defensive back and two wideouts. Eight but, is so low. I, uh, you know, the only number like ten would have scared me off. Well, and can I mention the fact that they avoid Boise State, just like Hawaii? That's why I like both those in the Mountain West. And because, and they have New Mexico State on the schedule. <laughs> yes, New Mexico, dude. Having that New Mexico State game, man. That's a, that's an easy one right there. And yeah. and. Dude, I think they could beat USC. Call me crazy. I might. Okay, that's I wanted. To, I, that's what I wanted to get to. They play USC week one. I think that's a potential big upset because SC, like we we were just saying with the Notre Dame stuff, dude, they, they, running that air raid when they have the they they should be able to have the talent to not have to run that kind of system. In my opinion, by them running the air raid, they're keeping San Jose State in the game. They are. They one hundred percent are. And San Jose State will be able to go score for score for them for at least the first half. Well, what's to me, crazy the third quarter is, is going to make that game. Because you're running the air raid, and I, I'm not saying this uh, as shock value. I'm saying this. San Jose State's the more physical football team. They are. They line up. They have a, a power offense. In a, I mean, they, I know they pass the ball better than they run the ball. But they have Tyler Nevins. This dude is a power running back. He will make you pay. When you tackle, I couldn't him. remember his name. Thank God for you. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that, I mean, look, I think USC wins. And this that is a team game, that went seven and zero in the Mountain. State. This is a team that went seven and zero in the Mountain West last year. And the bowl game loss, they had like thirty players out and like seven coaches, including their offensive defensive coordinator. I mean, I'm calling San Jose. Value. I've already called San Jose State against the spread lock week one. I might. I'm in a college survivor pool where you have to win one game against the spread each week. That might be my first one. Like not even not even joking yeah, with you. Baby. I like it. I like it. The only scary thing for me on this on this uh, like I, I think this is a lock on the over. And it's yeah, yeah, yeah. This could be high some, scoring. Some are seven and it's a gonna half. be a very high scoring game. Uh, for me, the San Jose. The, before we close on San Jose State, they're, they're, is their coach gonna be around after this year? Because if they have another really good year, dude, he, he's gonna be being. I hope so, but if I had to bet, I would say no. Okay. Um, I think there's a chance. He, you call me crazy. And I mean, actually, USC wouldn't. He's not a. If sexy he beats USC, do they hire him at the end of the year? How about that? Is that I a don't think question he's a sexy enough hire. If they were smart, yes. I think they want to go for like you know a big name, maybe, maybe. But I, like, and it would be that would probably be one of their best moves because they've done since Pete Carroll. For for those of you out there not familiar with the San Jose State program, I believe two years just two years ago they won one game. Yeah, Brent Brennan is a great coach. What, did right. they win? What was it in twenty nineteen? They won one game, right? No, no, no. 18. 18. 18 19, 19, you saw that tide turn. They won at Arkansas. They went on the road to the SEC. Yeah. They, they missed a bowl. This is a program on the rise. They haven't been this hot since Jack Elway. Yes, and Gil Bird. <laughs> All right. Anything else you like in the Mountain West there as far as win totals and stuff? I mean, I, I like the over on Wyoming. And a lot of that is because... Wyoming wins That's a tough road trip in that conference when you really think about it. It's unbelievably tough. And because there's no well, direct flights to fucking Laramie from anywhere. Well, That's, and the elevation yep, effect is you got that ele- cold. But it's like you're going to um, have to take a flight to a weird place and then a bus trip, and then like it's it's not easy. They return the most production in the nation. Actually, UCLA was the most in the Power Five. The only two that were above UCLA in general in all of 130 was Toledo and Wyoming at 98% of their team was back. Wyoming has Craig Bowl, who I think is a fantastic coach. He was at North Dakota State winning the national. He won like five national championships or whatever. Hey, and not to toot my Bruins up too much because you brought it up, though. 
not only did they bring back more guys than any anybody in the Power Five, they they did really well in the uh, transfer portal. Oh, they did great in the transfer portal. <laughs> they brought and, in a stud running are, back and, for and look, stud running back for Michigan, in. and they brought in a SC defensive tackle or dude like that guy's a stud. That guy's a, that guy's stud. a stud. And it's like, oh, yeah. he's one of us now. Okay, he's cool now. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, I mean, you brought up the transfer portal. This is exactly what Wyoming doesn't do. I found this fascinating when doing my my research over two years. They had a couple players transfer out. They did not have one transfer in. If anything, I think two and a half years ago they brought a kicker in. But, <laughs> That's funny. Uh, they don't believe in the transfer portal. They believe in culture, and and I believe in Craig Bull because of that culture. And when you look at this out of conference schedule. I see four wins. Now, I get it. I get it. that They've been banged up at quarterback each and every year, I feel like, because Craig Bull likes to run his quarterbacks. Uh, they lost their quarterback on the second play of the, of the season last year. They were actually much better than their record indicates. They lost a lot of close games with, with actually the first game of the season. They were on their third-string quarterback. But uh, their physicality, uh, their defense, I just think Craig Bull is a top-of-the-line coach. He should be a Power 5 coach. And when you look at the out-of-conference schedule, Montana State, I think that's a win. They're a good FCS, but I think that's a win. Northern Illinois, that's a win. Ball State coming to Laramie, I'm sorry. Ball State was great last year, but I lean Wyoming. Now, could they lose that one? Sure, but I lean Wyoming. Uh, Then the final one at UConn. Now, yes, I just made the case that UConn could play this one closer because that's a far trip, but at the same time, I think Wyoming's still the more talented team. So I I think they're going to go 4-0 at a conference. Then in conference... You know it's horrible to play in Laramie. So it's even one of, that, it's one of the toughest places in the like, like. It sounds like a fucking stupid thing to say because you're thinking, oh, the swamp, oh, the big house, or because uh, people are so wa- brainwashed by major mainstream television and college football. But no, Laramie, Wyoming is a goddamn fucking hard place. Like I, for the reasons I said, they don't. Yeah. Have, you can't just fly they in. They have there. a winning record against the SEC. You can fly into Ann Arbor. Yeah, <laughs> they have a winning record against the SEC. Uh, in general, but they beat UCLA in a bowl game years back, and I, I mean, dude, that, that blew a lead late against them because they don't quit. Because you're right, it's all about culture, dude, like dude. And, and 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 look at their home games: Fresno State, New Mexico, uh, Colorado State, and Hawaii. They whooped Hawaii's ass in in Laramie last year because Hawaii's not used. That's a talk about a, a but, culture difference. By the way, Kobe, were you? I, I don't know if you saw that, but I went through the beers that I had started this show with. And while Jen was uh, in the kitchen right now, I was able to do give her the hand signals. Utah, make it two, and she brought me two beers. She's <laughs> like, <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> that was one of the cooler moves I've ever pulled. Uh, besides Wyoming, anything really we we need to get into here in the Mountain I, West? I would say those are my favorite plays. I mean, who do you I, like? I, I who do you like to win the conference then? Because uh, well, I think the value play is is San Jose State. So and, do I. And, and plus eight hundred. I think that's like. One of the smarter plays there, but if you're going to ask me to go for a deeper long shot, uh, Wyoming, <laughs> uh, dude, no, 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 because they're actually at plus 800 too. Fresno, okay. San Jose, and Wyoming are all at 800. Uh, but give me fucking Air Force at 20 to one, dude. 100. percent Once never... again, hey, it's a triple. Hey, what do we say about triple option teams? And it's a triple option team in elevation. You never know when the bouncer. Because here's the thing: is if when you're a triple option team. Bounces usually don't go against you because you're not throwing it all over. I know this is turning into a triple triple option podcast, it's, but I'm saying. The triple option. Dude, we should start a triple option show. You, me, and your brother. 
We should do that. We should do that. And and a lot of but 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 what I mean though is like they're always a sure bet for the over for the most part. I think Air Force it's at six and a half, and I think you look at the Air Force schedule and say that's tough. But I guarantee you, like if I had the side on that, which I do on our on our show, and I take the over every time, uh, and in our, and I'd say like ninety percent of the time it hits. But Air Force, ask Chris Peterson. We had we had Bud Foster on the show, and we you know Bud Foster played the Florida teams, the Florida State, the Miami teams with uh, with Andre Johnson and and. And Edgerin James and and we asked them. I mean, so many good teams they played. Uh, Peter Warwick and Chris Winky. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean, just yeah. Well, we asked him what was the. Th- I was expecting him to say one of those answers, and he said by far Paul Johnson. Paul Johnson and the triple option. He goes, it's a pain in the ass. He goes, not only does it beat up your team. He goes, just from a schematic standpoint, it's a pain in the ass. And I know it's turning into this podcast, but I'm saying, Chris Peterson. You look at, at it. Well, no, because this is in the success. group of five is where the triple options run, and that's why we're highlighting this. Is like, dude, we're gonna let you know who the triple option teams are, and these are teams to bet this coming season. Yes, straight and, up. And, and dude, Chris Peterson when he was at Boise, take the unders on him too. <laughs> Chris Peterson when he was at Boise, the one team that fucked with him was Air Force. Air yeah. Force. Well, Air Force. Here's another yeah. thing I like about Air Force is. When people talk about the Colorado schools, they talk about Colorado and Colorado State, they never mention Air Force because they think of service academies as these national institutions and not – no, that's a specific place. It's in fucking Colorado. It's up in the mountains. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, hey, duh, Air Force, it's higher up than the other fucking schools. <laughs> like, do we really need to fucking like, go beat this too hard? So, yeah, I kind of like a sneaky – like, you want to throw, like, just a couple bucks on Air Force at 20-1 to 1 to win that conference? That's not a dumb play. Like, it's it's really not. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, they always give Boise a hard time, and, and they actually catch Boise the week after they play at BYU. Yeah. And, and I know Boise's got that one circled because Boise had, like, a couple quarterbacks out with COVID last year, and BYU ran up the score on them in on the Smurf turf. And, and one thing about the Mountain West is I'll say is, like, um, I haven't done the, I haven't really done the math on this, but like, e, like there's a lot of high altitude schools. Like we already mentioned, Wyoming, Air Force. You got Colorado Utah State, State. Uh, yeah. the, the Nevada, dude. Fucking Reno is yeah. not fucking yeah. low. Um, and even here in Vegas with UNLV, they suck balls. But like, you could see a team coming. Like, having, they should still play at Boyd. Boyd was an advantage. Uh, you're right because it make teams play outdoors in September, yes. bro. I remember, fun. dude, they, in, the, in like fun. the late 90s, early 2000s, they beat Baylor in Wisconsin one year, and it was because... It was like, 11 when I was leaving work today here. Wisconsin came in with like these, these big-ass offensive linemen, and they got exhausted. Like they, In my opinion, playing in the Death Star, as much as that's a great recruiting tool, it, it actually hurts your program, in, in my opinion. I do want to go to a game in the Death Star this year, and I, I think I might try and score tickets for that uh, BYU-Arizona game. Oh that, yeah, that, that that I know you hate neutral site games, and I do too. But oh, by the way, one of the best college football games I ever went to growing up was I went to Bill Walsh's return to Stanford in the early nineties. In the, Palo Alto? No, they played Texas A and M at Angel Stadium in the fucking dude. They were doing that was the that original the 90s for a little bit. They did that. That was Colorado, the pigskin class, the pigskin yeah. classic uh, that Disney sponsored, and yeah. and my aunt and uncle were like big Disney people, so they got free tickets through Disney for. 
and we got me and my buddy uh, who's a big Stanford fan. We went to go see Bill Walsh's return to college football. So that was pretty cool. I got this. I, I've seen Bill Walsh coach a college football game. It's not I've, I've been to good neutral site games. Like I went to. Yeah, Boise no. I mean, I, I don't completely hate it, yeah. but like, dude, it's stupid because I, I feel like it fucks over the fans more than anything. Because when your team signs up these home and home series with these other teams, and then all of a sudden it gets thrown to a neutral site, like. Well, and, and you're making it like the NFL, yeah. and to me, like. You're 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 making like I'm okay with it in the conference championships. That's where they belong. Yeah, I agree. I agree there, because uh, to me, like what makes college football unique and so un- so much better than to me every form of football is its traditions, its fans, its its and and it would get going away from that is horrible to me. Like and, like part of that ex- like you, I mean, LSU I, I, LSU playing Miami I, in the as Mercedes a Bruins film when you have the Death Star. As I mean, UCLA when you're the Death Star, you're I, Death Valley? I love the Rose Bowl. I've been to so many fucking tailgates of the Rose Bowl. I'm season ticket holder forever. But, dude, I got to say, if they had, like, it, it would give UCLA a competitive advantage. If they had, like, a 60,000-seat on-campus stadium, like, Autzen fucking stadium yeah. style, yeah. like it is in Oregon where it's smaller, and they just build it intentionally to make it that much crazier on you. Like, it, and, and those tickets would be hot, dude. Like... Dude, it would. I mean, look at the basketball stadium. I mean, and I always love it when people say there. L.A. is not a college football town when it's the only major city in the country that has two Power Five schools. That's true. That's true. But uh, I mean, they, they hey, got to get back to their ways, though, man. They, they, the SCU UCLA like, rivalry special, but dude, you and I will do a whole separate episode about that when that game comes up in November. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's put our sunglasses on, Colby, because we're heading over to the Sun Belt. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I, dude, I fucking love the Sun Belt. I don't know why I love the Sun Belt so much. It's kind of silly. No, it's, it's it's the conference that's jumping the most in the past. I mean, I'm, I, I, in my opinion, like, even more so than the SEC. I, I agree, dude, because, like, Coastal Carolina came into the scene last year with a, a amazing fashion. They got teal turf there. Uh, <laughs> whoever whoever their president was or their uh, commissioner, I'm sorry, whoever their commissioner was when when the Conference USA raided the Sun Belt and took the likes of uh, you know Middle Tennessee and uh, you know some of those other schools, uh, they they should thank him to this day because he let these small markets go. Uh, I'm sorry, but they went for the bigger markets. The Conference USA went for the bigger markets, but the reality was the Sun Belt said, you know what, we're going to go for winning football. And they went and got Georgia Southern, App State, and Coastal Carolina that had all been in FCS playoff teams, and look at that result. Yeah, those are all now like good teams at this level. No, and that gives credibility to your conference. That is how you really rise. You want to hear my my future plan? I think you'll like my idea for the Sun Belt. Here's what they need to do. They need to get like – Liberty. All they this, need to grab Liberty. No, no. I, Liberty would be cool, but I'd rather see them go after like uh, the better HBCUs. Dude, I've had this take on the Big Twelve needs to do that right now. Like, okay, yeah. So you're saying the Big Twelve, but the Sun Belt, like, while all this conference scheduling is reshuffling, if the Sun Belt grabbed like Grambling and Southern and made that uh, in conference oh, no, 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 that no, rivalry, no. gotta grab. They gotta grab Jackson. Jackson, State. you gotta grab Jackson State yeah. because of Deion Sanders and all that, right? Dude, but, he's recruiting in a top, like a top fifty-five. Okay. I think they're the fifty-third best recruiting team 
last year. Okay, so you grab no, but really you grab Jackson State and then you grab Grambling and Southern to have one of the Tennessee greatest. Tennessee State from the Ohio Valley. Yeah, and then just grab those four. Let's yeah. just say, yeah, you got the Eddie George team, the Deion Sanders team, and the greatest HBCU rivalry that I love watching every year almost more than anything. So you get those four schools. The Sun Belt becomes one of the most entertaining conferences in the goddamn country week in, week out. And, and you give them, especially by adding the HBCUs and elevating that status of them, you make it so much better to the current climate of marketing. My, like, my only like, difference with, with your thought process is, is like, I am on board, but I think they should only add, like, two HBCUs, and then they should group, content, they should go a little bit marketing. Okay, either, also, them, either them or the ACC or the conference, one of them needs to add Gram, the Grambling Southern rivalry to their conference. Dude, that's ratings. I'm sorry. Well, I, I'm okay. With, I, look, I'm okay with that, but I still think if Deion Sanders is in this for the long haul, and even if not, I still think. He hands off the baton. You're right, yeah. I just think that that amount of talent is going to dominate, even if he's a bad coach. There's no way you can lose. Okay. Like he is going to be like seven times more talented than the next FCS school. Uh, so I think that one makes sense. I think the Eddie, Eddie George one makes sense. But I also I, like they're at ten teams, so I think you could do fourteen. You bring in a Liberty. You Liberty's got endless money. Endless. See, money. I, I honestly I like to see Liberty fucking go to the ACC. To be honest with yeah, you. but they're never going to – I mean, uh, theoretically, I'm okay with that. But the, the ACC is not going to do that because of their political uh, – or their uh, uh, religious yeah. viewpoint. Uh, uh. Sun Belt is – it's the Sun Belt. It's the Bible Belt. So, like, what better spot to grab Liberty right. and also – I like uh, I like that. I like that. I, I would say then your fourth team should be Florida International or, or uh, Florida Atlantic because you want to – you, you, they don't have a Florida school. They need a Florida school because the Florida talent is so great. Yep, and just the TV and also the TV revenue from it. Okay, so uh, the only bet I have in Sun Belt right now, um, La Tech's not in there, right? I can't remember where La Tech's. At. No, they're in the Conference USA. The Sun Belt yeah. though has has some good. All right, good so players. the only one I got right now though is Georgia Southern, who we talked about already, over four and a half at minus one thirty five. We lock, lock triple option team, um, yes. dude. We we we're, we're kind of like kind of getting into a circle here, but I I hope you guys are understanding what we're saying here by triple small school triple option teams will give you a chance against every school in the country usually. And I'll tell you this: short of one chaotic year, short of one chaotic year since they came up, uh, you know they were an FCS school um, back. They they made that jump to the FC uh, to the FBS in 2013, right? Every single year, with the exception of one year, and that was chaotic, and it was a, it was actually just a bad hire. Uh, but look, in in 2013, seven and four, Two, so they instantly went seven and four, jumping up a conference, right? Uh, a subdivision, I mean, ju- jumping from the FCS to the FBS. Then they went nine and three. Uh, by the way, they beat Florida uh, at, in the swamp. Uh, then they went nine and four. By the way, lost in overtime to Georgia, at Georgia. Right. So yeah, this is a program that like we, I mean we don't need to pound the horse too hard there. This is a program that can get it done when it needs to. Right. Well, I'm just saying this. Only one year, and that was 2017, where this they had a crazy year. They fired their coach early. They went two and ten. Every other year they've been a part of the FBS. They have had more than four and a half wins. They've actually been bowl eligible eligible every year but two. So. 
this is a it's a it's a lock. And and you know, like to what you're saying, it's just they have the schematic advantage against most of these teams. So when you look at some of these games that, on their schedule, we're not going to get into their schedule right now, but. When you look at the games on their schedule, the 50-50 games, you almost want to make them 60-40 games in their favor every time just because of that little yeah. little edge that they have with the triple option. Um, anything else, any other win total? You know, I, that's the lock win total. I don't even want to get in any more in this conference. <laughs> Let's look at the division championship odds. Uh, you, Louisiana Lafayette uh, is at plus 100, so it's even money. Coastal Carolina, 2-1. Uh, to one. Appalachian State, 3-1. to one. Troy twenty-five to one, Arkansas State forty to one, Georgia State forty to one, Georgia Southern fifty to one, Texas State a hundred to one, South Alabama one fifty to one, Monroe one fifty to one. The Ozbakers are telling us between Louis uh, Lafayette, Coastal, and Appalachian. I'm gonna say, dude, take the three hundred, take the three to one team there, Appalachian State. Like, I, I mean, I actually think like. You go if I would go place money on Lafayette. Because I, okay. Their their schedule is so easy. I think it's a lock that they're in the championship game, right? All right. Then I think you place a value play on Georgia Southern and Georgia State. Are there are two divisions of, there, or is the top two that make it to that conference championship game? Can't no, remember. it's the two divisions. Okay, so yeah, what's the other division? Yeah, there you go. Well, well, uh, Coastal Carolina is probably like they're. They have to win in Boone, which is tough. That's tough, yeah. So uh, I see your logic on the App State thing, but I also think Georgia Southern is a is kind of that team that that fucks with App State. I think there's value in Georgia Southern and Georgia State, but more so Southern. Um, another thing is Coastal Carolina's got to go to Georgia Southern. Um, so uh, I think you go with one of those plays. I still think, yeah, you could be looking at Coastal Lafayette. I mean, Jamie Chadwell's doing a great job as a coach. But I, I I like Lafayette because they're on the weaker side. Yeah, to me, that, to me, conference. here's the thing is I don't really like that even money prop on them. If I'm picking a team from this conference and there's three right there with each other. But they're going to be in that game. They, yeah, you're right. But, like, I'd rather – like, that's why Coastal's at 2-1 to one and App's at 3-1 to because whoever wins that game is going to play them. Well, and, I mean, they also got to go through Georgia Southern. I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. no, they, they have a here, harder. Here's a harder what I'm saying. Gauntlet. Here's what yeah. I would advise to, to my uh, people that like to fall, t- tail me on on gambling action, dude. Like, if you let's say you have 15 bucks to bet on this conference, put 10 on App State at 10 to one, and or three to one, and then put five at Georgia Southern at 50 to one, dude. <laughs> dude, dude, look at this. This is why I mean I mean that side of the conference has App State, Coastal, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, and Troy. All five are good, and then and then you have Lafayette sitting over there with ULM, with South, South Alabama, Alabama, yeah, yeah, with yeah, Arkansas State, Texas State, uh, yeah, yeah. Th- Texas is, State I mean, should be great too, by the way. I mean, we can do an entire separate episode about that later one day, but the Texas State Bobcats. Dude, just the fact that, like, most states have a, a university of and a that state state, right? Oklahoma yeah. State, University of Oklahoma. Uh, you know, but, dude, Texas State should just figure out. It should be like the distinguished gentleman with Eddie Murphy, where it's like, I have a similar name to someone that was the, 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 the that got voted into office. I'm, I'm going to take the similar name and just trick people in recruiting straight up. Like... <laughs> 
Um, but okay, yeah. So I, I, I think the Sun Belt, though, there's a reason why we call it the Fun Belt. It oh, is, conference is great. Dude, the, these games are incredible. On a late Saturday afternoon this year, if you ever get a chance to watch, like, a, like, like pencil to, like, figure out. I, I can't see where it is on the schedule right now. I don't have it in front of me, but Coastal versus Appalachian State. Watch that fucking game. It's going to be yeah. amazing. It's Even gonna, that score, you might look at it and say, oh, well, Coastal beat him by 14 last year. That's misleading. Uh, App State needed, like, a fourth and 23. It was a seven-point game, and they threw a pick six on the final play of the game. All right. So, uh, yeah, so I think we've given you guys a good amount. This is more Sunbelt coverage than anything outside of Colby's show gets. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, up next, we got the AAC. Now, the AAC to me could potentially be, with the demise of the Big 12, could be a fifth power conference if they play their cards right and they bring in the right schools. Like uh, like we were saying, like the Sunbelt should bring in this, Conference USA should bring in this or whatever. But, like, the AAC – really could have a chance to pick up like TCU, Baylor. Like and that would, you know, and it even further their presence in the state of Texas. Um I don't have any win total action coming up. I'll give you have you give it let's just go over the conference odds real quick cause. You know what I'm rooting for, dude? What's that? I'm rooting for them for t- this sounds bad because I, I do like TCU, but more so you want to see them be? I, you want to see them be an independent? That's what it was. No, right? no, 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 no. I, I would love to see TCU in the AAC, but um, Texas Tech and Baylor vetoed uh, Houston and SM or Houston and SMU coming to the Big Twelve. Horrible um, move. Old school no, Southwest but, Conference. But isn't teams. this isn't this karma? It is. They might need the AAC, and they're going to need their school president's vote. For, now they might do it for the financial reasons, but wouldn't it be great if it, Houston and SMU said "fuck you"? That would be incredible because I always thought SMU and Houston belonged in the Big Twelve, especially when, uh, dude, Houston you know, when almost ne- went when Nebraska and Colorado left, especially, dude, they should because it didn't because at least it makes more sense like historically because they were all part of the them and Rice or at least Rice even if you yeah. wanted just a punching bag in there, but get one of those old Southwest Conference teams in there after that Big Twelve Southwest merger, Big Eight. Southwest well, dude, that made, those made the big presidents ball. should at least get a lunch. They should at least yes. get a fucking lunch. Dude, at a steakhouse with titties yes. in their face. Yes, I would buy everything if that was me because and, – and by the way, all that is, is also Texas's influence. Texas didn't want to lose Houston's uh, recruiting ground. But – and I only – for years, I thought it was only Texas. Then I find out Dana that – Dana Holgerson uh, doesn't recruit. Grow some balls. <laughs> yeah, but, but then uh, I find out that it was Texas Tech – and Baylor on board, fuck you guys. Right. Fuck you guys. I hope fucking Houston and, and SMU say fuck you. That's, I really do. I think there's a lane here with the Big 12 falling apart for the AAC. Whatever the other conferences pick up, if the AAC plays it right, they can they can pick up some slack and become the fifth major. Because look at this. Cincinnati is a top 10 team right now. And they're at minus 250 to win this division, so, or the, win this conference. So they're the heavy favorite. You got UCF, who has been a fucking incredible program the last few years at plus four hundred. Then you got Houston at twelve to one, Memphis at fourteen to one, Tulsa. Keep an eye on them, sixteen to one, SMU twenty five to one, Tulane fifty to one, East Carolina, my man go. team, the Pirates of East Carolina eighty to one. 
right, I'm gonna give you a, a, a Navy. Pick, no, no, a, Navy a at one fifty. Special. Navy at one fifty to one. South Florida at one fifty one. Temple at two fifty one. Give me your pick, Dundee special. Pick Dundee. App St- or ECU plays App State next Thursday. They're they're currently an eleven point dog. If you if you want to play it safe, take the eleven. I say take the money line. App State's got. I'm worried about the quarterback situation at App State. East Carolina. Mike Houston was uh, at JMU's uh, head coach. Won a national championship there. He's building this program. We've never been this good on the offensive defensive line uh, since I would say since Skip Holtz in the mid 2000s. I think we're going to be. Uh, we have a fourth year starting quarterback. I think we're going to be a hard out for App State. Uh, they're, 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 I'm just saying, sprinkle some on the money line there. So here's my thing on. Uh, I, 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 I like that. I will. I will sprinkle East Carolina money line in that game. Here's how I'm looking how to handicap this conference championship because we know Cincinnati's going to do it, right? I mean, most Cincinnati's likely. got a great schedule too. The AAC pulled a classic SEC. They, they pulled the SEC the where they gave the their best team the easiest schedule in the conference, and and they helped out UCF. Yeah, they helped out both of their heavyweights, and then they said, "Hey, okay. fuck you, SMU." Hey, right? My listeners know I like to throw long shot fucking horse race bets at them. So what I like here is I like Tulsa at 16. If you're going to do this, here's what I would do. Take like 10 bucks, like $2, like at mybookie.ag. You can put $2.50 each on these and go like Tulsa at 16 to 1, SMU at 25 to 1. I like what SMU possibly has cooking down there with that offense. Uh, they, they, I mean, they, they always have playmakers, you know. And uh, then I like Tulane, dude. And – I've mentioned this a couple times. Can we talk about Tulane's coach Willie Fritz's wife for just a couple seconds? <laughs> Maybe the hottest wife of any. Oh coach. man, did that game where they pulled that miracle win against Houston and she came running on the field to kiss him? I was like, God damn! I'm like, he's like, first off, I don't know his age, but he looks like he's sixty. His wife's like thirty eight, and I was like, this what he? Dude, what's going on? Dude, no, what's she, going on down honestly, there in, in New Orleans? She's probably like 58. He's like 60. She's probably 58, but she looks 38 because he's been a coach that did well for long enough. For, uh, she hasn't had to have a job and, and hasn't been beaten <laughs> down by life and the grueling, bloody boot of capitalism. You know, like that, that hasn't destroyed her like it does the rest of us. Look at us, Colby. Like, you're not even 40 yet. You're grayer than I am. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know what though, man? I mean, uh I mean, Willie Fritz is a great coach. He's a great coach. He is. And I'm and telling you, I like him a lot as a coach and I like Tulane. Just dude, they get the hey, LSU's been falling off the wagon the last few years kind of. I mean, they, I know they won a national championship 2 years ago. But recruiting-wise, um they haven't quite dominated the state of Louisiana the way they used to. Tulane's been picking up some of that slack. They can make a run. Fifty to one's not a dumb bet there. Dude, you know what I found out right now as as you're telling me this? What? It's his daughter. Oh wait. <laughs> so we we've had a butter for Willie Fritz's daughter and has been calling I his... thought it was his it why would she is she like kissed him on the lips, so I assumed it but look, I'm gonna send you this right look, now. My dad died twenty five years ago, so I, I wouldn't know how to react to my 36-year-old sister now kissing my dad on the lips because that would be, get really weird but dude, really I did, quick. So, so I thought the whole time it was his wife because, like, the kiss on the lips, it's his daughter, and she's still smoking hot. Right? Wait, <laughs> Willie Fritz's daughter's hot. Oh, that's even more motivation for this team to do well because all the players are in the back of their head going like, hey, man, you know, 
Ms. Fritz, how's it going on down there? All right. I just had I had to bring up Willie Fritz, hot, hot family member. How about that? Yeah, oh, man. And once again, you we mentioned Brian Kelly's ele- evolution. I feel like we should mention Willie Fritz. He was a triple option guy at Georgia Southern. And his first couple of years at Tulane, he ran the triple option, got them the bowl games. And then he said, hey, we have too much talent down here to run the triple option. Uh, let's let's well, go full on. And you got a triple and, option team in here with Navy. And I don't well, he, Navy at 151, I wouldn't take. But for sure, they're the team with the most potential from the bottom to fuck up the fucking order of this at the top. Oh, 100%. 100%. Navy. Navy they're go, that, sleepy, they're that, that sleeper on Navy a lot of schedules right where, dude, if you catch Navy or even like, dude, like we say, saying, like these people playing the triple option, it's a schematic wreck. It beats your players up. Now, watch what these teams in this conference do the week after they play Navy. Yeah, that, that might, you know, exactly. that, that, that could be a tough matchup. So I think that's a good little handicapping strategy to the AAC. And I do think this could be a potential uh, big conference if they play their cards right. I think they should add Army. I think if the Army-Navy game was a conference game, that would be so sick. I agree. I, I'm on board with that 100%. And, and the more Army continues to have these 9-10 win seasons with Jeff Munkin, yeah, the more, they more should, potential they, they Dude, they should come in here with Navy. That would be an That would make this a really... The American Athletic Conference, two military academies in it. That sell, yeah. That's headlines right there. You can create media people. Uh. <laughs> 100%. And, and by the way, look, ride the over on Navy, but also I know I'm a homer, but I'm telling you I think East Carolina is better than, than uh, what – it's a five – I think five is the win total or four and a half. We're, we'll hit that over. I think we're going bowling. We're not going to win the AAC, but I think we're like a six and six, seven and five, maybe even eight and four team. All right, that's from an East Carolina expert right here, everybody. So, all right, next it's up we got taking a long time. If you would have asked me that with Scotty Montgomery, I said oh and twelve. <laughs> all right, <laughs> well, next up uh, we got we'll go from the American to the Conference USA. We're getting real patriotic over here up in these parts, Colby. Uh, <laughs> the only win total bet I have in this conference right now is Louisiana Tech at over four. You sold me on that one. Skip Holtz is a damn good coach. It really didn't take much selling, though, when I looked at their schedule. I looked at everything they had at, at the table. Louisiana Tech, like, what, like, there's a few schools in Louisiana that we've mentioned here so far. LSU is the only one in a Power Five. Uh, and if LSU slips under Ed Orgeron, because he's not a great recruiter, these schools have potential to pick up the slacks these next couple of years and all have a chance to rise. You know? Yeah, I, I mean, I like a lot. In the, and by I mean, the way, I, like I listened to your LSU preview just today, and you guys were talking about how the fuck were they last in the country in passing defense? You know why, right? I mean, it's not because of just because of uh, Stingley sitting the season out last year. It's because fucking Costello from Mississippi State set the NCAA goddamn record on them. One game week one. Week, week one, Mike Leach ruined their entire off of that. That stabbed them for this. He threw for like 730 yards, dude. Well, like you know what's great about that? You know what's great about that? Learning you, the you guys did not mention that once. That Oh, yeah, maybe the reason why that number is inflated is a guy threw for 700 yards on them week one. Well, dude, I want to say Missouri threw for a lot, too, on them, but they um, did. They threw for like five hundred on him. Yeah. Well, well, my, what was great was talking with with Mike Leach about that, and he goes, "Well, dude, they kept going press coverage on me, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna throw the the. I think you said I'm gonna throw the four birds fly the fly every time because 
they're not respecting it. He was like, they're going way up. On, they're, they're, they're going man, and they never switched from the first play of the game to the last play of the game. So I'm just going to run the same play in different variations, but the same play over and over and over. In a way, I mean, uh, so yeah, it's all about. I mean, that's what most honestly, like the the beauty of Mike Leach and like really great offensive coordinators, offensive minds is they basically use twelve plays, but they'll attack it at you in thirty different formations, and that's where well, you, they and get And if you. you don't change, like okay, I know Mississippi State struggled last year after that. Mike Leach was furious with KJ Costello, benched him even though he was a super or a grad, a grad transfer and. And the reason why is Mike Leach said they're giving us the dump off. Every play we can get six yards. But Costello wants to try to press it down the field. I can't deal with that. And Costello had never been, I mean, to his credit, he had never been in the air raid. But the air raid is essentially the triple option in a passing format. In a passing format, yeah. You have to take, it's a numbers game. It's a, it's a, you, you, when you run the triple option, the reason why there's three options, if, if, uh, for the lay fan out there, they are, dissecting the defense from the start and basically playing mathematics. Yeah. And, Are they and, respecting this guy, this guy, or that guy? Yeah. Whatever guy they respect, you go to one of the other two. And now you play that matchup game of the two. And in the air raid, um, dude, I've done so much air raid research because, like, I want – we need, we both need to go get air raid certified. I know, I know we do, man. I gotta, before I gotta, before we do we? our, we need to do the USFL show too. But I'm going to talk to you about that off air after this. Um, <laughs> Dude, like, because the, the thing with the air raid is it's, yeah, like, you're, it's like, one thing of the air raid that I think most people don't get, though, is you space the, your offensive linemen a little bit further out apart, so you force the outside pass rushers of whatever team to have to try and run that much farther to get to your quarterback, so, like, you don't really need great linemen in the air raid, is what I'm saying yeah. here, because when you have, like, when you're just putting your tackles so far out wide, and forcing their fucking edge rushers when you're going to have a running back back there to help pick up the blitz, it's those edge rushers have to go wide on you, and it's just giving your quarterback, it's just making them run that many more yards to get to your quarterback. Well, also like people don't realize like it normally takes each year three is the gigantic gap that he normally will have, um, but it's uh, it's it's not only that I mean they run a ton of mesh, but like. It's timing. The stick route, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a lot to do with timing and understanding the offense. Like I said, KJ Costello completely didn't understand it. I would say the, the, the air raid is if you combined the old school, like, Purdue, Drew Brees era, like, spread offense. Joe Tiller. Yeah. With, with the Bill Walsh West Coast offense with the triple option. If you, it's kind of a combination of all of those type of things. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, and, it's and, a hey, genius offense. Hey, you know, what? I, and like I can tell you, you know, not many people. You and I are probably the only two people that can tell anybody the difference besides coaches. that know the difference between the air raid and the run and shoot. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's always hilarious to me too. Like, when you talk to your lay person, they're like, "Oh, they run the same thing. It's the run and shoot." Now, run and shoots verticals. Yeah, run and shoots not only verticals. Raid, yeah, it, run and shoots a lot of option routes too for the receivers. So every yeah, well, receiver has. Two, three ways they could break any given play based on the coverage, whereas air raids all pretty much set in advance. Like air raid makes the pre-snap reads as easy as possible and just go. Well, and it's about spacing. It's, yeah, it's completely different. It's like a and, and, pace, and yeah. pace, pace of play. Yeah. Run and shoot, you can run a little slower pace, because you're trying to get those off option routes and stuff. I mean, it, do we? I mean, oh man, but. uh 
Conference USA. So Louisiana Tech. I got the over four. I think that's a uh, Skip Holtz on that. Any, Dude, he, any, he, he, it's the where it's four and a half. It was at four, so the money's coming. I got it at four. Yeah, so yeah, the money's already coming. Hey, a lot of these I might be off on because I'm going off of the bets I got in, and I pro- I got them in maybe a little earlier than most. It's folks, still so. a lock over four, in my opinion. Yeah, because I got Hawaii half. over six. It's at seven now. Like it's already gone up a full game. Like people I are starting to figure out. Oh, they get an extra game this year. Uh, Conference USA. We got Marshall at three to one favorite. Nope. With with UAB at three to one, this is what I got right now, and okay. UTSA at three to one. Then you got Western Kentucky at eight, uh, eight plus eight fifty, Florida Atlantic at twelve to one, Rice at fourteen to one, uh, Charlotte twenty five to one, Louisiana Tech at twenty five to one, Middle Tennessee State twenty five to one, North Texas twenty five to one, Old Dominion twenty five to one, Southern Mississippi twenty five to one, Florida National fifty to one. That's UTEP, crazy. That's crazy. UTEP, a hundred to one. Colby, tell me, I'm crazy for not liking Rice for for liking Rice at fourteen to one here. Tell me, I'm I'm insane for liking no, Rice. I mean, I actually like what Rice is doing. I still think the best value play though was Florida International. Rice is basically running Stanford, old school Stanford type, or not old well, they school just from got, a few years they just ago. Got, uh, they got bully ball. from Nebraska. Yeah, they play bully um, ball. They want to play bully ball. Yeah, and that's gonna that's gonna work uh, for for I mean because they still get third fourth tier Texas recruits and those guys don't suck <laughs> and they have a chip on their shoulder. Well, the problem is though is that side of the conference all of a sudden like I used to make fun of that side of the conference a couple of years ago. Um, now all of a sudden UTSA is legit and they have good talent there. Yeah, that's uh, University of Texas San Antonio, the Roadrunners. Yes, uh, UTEP is still trash. Uh, North Texas is an enigma. They run the air raid. Seth Luttrell, you know, Mike Leach, uh, now, former recruit. You know what, my, I got to bring this up as a Steelers fan. You know why the North Texas, you know why mean, they're the Mean Green? Joe Mean Green? Is that like they're, they're the Mean Green. Like, how many Hall of Fame pro football players were so goddamn good that the small school they went to legitimately changed their mascot named after that player's nickname where they are the <laughs> the North Texas Mean Green and they did that legit because Bean Joe Green was such a badass they're like well he's the best player that's ever going to come out of this school we might as well name our fucking make him our make him our mascot like yeah yeah i mean that's pretty phenomenal but then they run the air raid and they are the la- they are a horrible defensive team so Bean Joe Green's rolling over or I don't know if he's still alive. I think he's still alive, yeah, yeah. He's rolling over in his bed. Hey, um, the kid that died after he fucking threw him that towel in the Coke commercial back in the day. <laughs> the, I love that pull. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I knew you would. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, uh, but, dude, that was I mean, before I, either I, of us were born, by the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I love the uh, – Who do you like I to love... win this? Who do you like to win this thing? Like – well, I, I actually think your value play is – I actually think UAB and UTSA are going to be there. Uh, I, I, I'm actually fading the shit out of Marshall right now. Um, I'll tell you what. If I begin to my head, if I got a better team to win this conference, I like Western Kentucky at plus 850. There, I, I made a case. You know, NC Nick, my brother, he loves Western Kentucky this year. And, and, and look, they're, I think they're one of the most interesting teams in college football because – they went and hired Houston Baptist's offensive coordinator, and this guy's cutting edge. He was working with uh, 
Mahomes at Texas Tech. I watched Houston Baptist last year because there are so many weird games on TV. So I actually yep. saw them play. Like, Well, dude, and their stats are incredible. So not only does that offensive coordinator come over, he brings in Bailey Zappi or Zapp. Do you think this could potentially be like a Chip Kelly to Oregon type move where they brought him over from New Hampshire? Where they get yeah. him from some random place and this guy's like starts reinventing the wheel all of a sudden? But dude, but Zapp, Zappy or whatever you want to say, I don't forget how it's pronounced, but this guy put up like, I'm telling you, video game numbers in the FCS. And he brought over his three wideouts. And I think two of the three in college, in, 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 in the FCS 11-game schedule, they had – both of them had over a hundred catches. It's like, how? How are you doing this? This team. So this offense could be absolutely dynamic at Western Kentucky. However, I don't know about the defense. Uh, they're they're an enigma to me. All right. And uh, yeah. I I'm mean, having, I really want to watch them, uh, but they're one of the hardest teams for me to forecast because I don't know if it will transition. I don't know. I mean, North Texas runs the air raid. So other Conference USA teams have played against it. You know, um, uh, it, I think they could be interesting. I think the value – Charlotte's an, an interesting team. I, I think Will Healy's a great coach. But I think Florida International, for the value, this is a team that, that uh, last year was – 50 to 1, dude. That's solid, dude. dude. They are, that is a decent play. And I'm dude, telling you. And you know what? That is a I, I like your mentality right there on it because they're the only – or them and Florida Atlantic are the only two Florida schools in this thing, and it's like – they're probably both, and I, isn't Florida International in Miami? Yes. Yeah. So and, they, and they're and two years much more, removed. There's much more talent in that part of Florida than anywhere else. Dude, two years ago, they were a bowl team that beat the Miami Hurricane. All right, like this is a team that. Yeah, I, year, I like that, dude. Like, okay, I'll give me a fifty to one on them, and and uh, I'll sprinkle that, and I, I like Western Kentucky at eight fifty because like. I don't know Marshall, UAB, UTSA. I know they're all good, but all of Marshall's all of them at three to one. I kind of want to fade that and go with one of the longer ones. You know, I just, well, and, 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 and I'm telling you, Louisiana Tech's going to be a player too. They're going to be a part of this. I I, I, I mean, dude, I have their win total at over four. So yeah, dude, give me them being a player here, like all. Yeah, I think they'll be a player in the conference, and I think Charlotte might jump up and bite some people. But you I know, don't think and it, a team it says win. a lot to you about this. Where this is a, a deep conference where Louisiana Tech's their over under is at four, but they're a twenty five to one conference team. This is a what lock. This what might did you be the best team, lock of them all. What did you think a team that uh, is supposed to be over under at four to win their conference, no matter what conference it is, if it's 25 to one odds in conference, shouldn't they be that over under be closer to six, six and a half maybe? Yeah, yeah. Like, you would think, to right? me, like, you know, that's one thing I've been doing with these is I've been realizing, like, when you look at the win totals, look at the conference odds with it. Because sometimes teams will have the same win totals, different conference odds. They'll have the same conference odds, different win totals. I know the schedules are different, but there's something to that, you know? Like, like, why is this much more value than this when these variables are all the same to a degree? You know, okay. Yeah. No, uh, I agree. I agree, man. And, uh, yeah, right. I mean, LaTeX a lock. All right, so, dude, we're, we're on the home stretch here. We're going to wrap this up here soon. And we're not going to spend much fucking time on the Mac. Uh, we got the Mac. At the conference, it's the worst of them all. I think. Would you would you say Conference USA and the MAC are the two worst conferences in the country? Yes, I actually thought last year Conference USA was worse, but I think this year it could be the MAC. Yeah, I think with uh, Lance Leopold leaving yeah. uh, Buffalo to yeah. go to Kansas and taking half the team with him, I don't think Buffalo like 
Buffalo was a fun team the last couple of years. But they might not be as fun this year. All right, so the MAC championship. We got Toledo at two, plus 210, Ball State at plus 440, Buffalo at plus 550, Ohio at plus 550, Western Michigan at plus 750, Kent State at plus 750, Central Michigan 14 to 1, Miami of Ohio 18 to 1, Eastern Michigan 40 to 1, Northern Illinois 150 to 1, Akron 250 to 1. <laughs> Bowling Green, 250-1. Bowling Green and Akron might be the two worst teams in the country. So I, that's all we're going to say about them. We've already, we've already mentioned Bowling Green before. Akron's at least getting better, I feel like. When <laughs> yeah, I watch them, I see, like, improvement. Bowling Green, yeah. I go, what is going on? I keep believing that, bro. All right. Um, <laughs> one team here I want to highlight in the middle region of this conference is Central Michigan because they're playing Missouri Week 1. You got a fucking mid-tier team, bottom to mid-tier team from one of the worst conferences in the the worst conference in the country this year, I think. And that best conference in the country, the SEC, you got Missouri, who's I think might be the second best team in that SEC East. I got it at minus thirteen. It's probably at minus seventeen by now. Yeah, bet, bet Missouri. As much as I like Central Michigan. Bet Missouri but, with your life in this game. Yeah, they're just not going to have the bodies on the line. Um, I, I like what Central Michigan's got with the Jacobs. Keep in mind, like we we, we we mentioned earlier, like Missouri threw for like 500 yards against LSU. That like Missouri can score points if anybody. I was telling my brother on this on the AFC North episode where I was like, dude, this is that's going to be the Week One game. That's 49 to three, like. You know, and you're looking at the final scores at the end of the day going, fuck, how was I not more on that number at 13? <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Exactly. That might be my, you know, that's going to be my fucking, uh, my college survivor pool pick, last man standing pick. I think I'm going to go with fucking them covering minus 13. We'll see what the line is when I actually am able to get that card in. But, yeah, uh, the mat, dude. And here's the thing, because I, I want to highlight the Mac. The Mac was better when Marshall was in it, first off. Uh, it, Randy Moss they played They shouldn't have kicked out. They kicked out Army. Yeah, they kicked out Army. And um, UMass. Well, UMass was a good Okay, call. so we got <laughs> – I'm just going to count right now. One, two, three, four, five. That's five Ohio teams in this conference. All right. No. One, two, three – Michigan teams. Eight teams from two states in this conference. Now, Bowling Green's in Kentucky. You got Northern Illinois. You got... Well, but actually, Bowling Green's in Ohio. Oh, is it? Oh, it there is. is a Bowling Green, Kentucky, too, so I see how you get it confused. But Bowling Green's in Ohio. Okay, that's right. So, yeah, there's too many Ohio... Okay. Now, uh, Kent State, most famous for a bunch of... Uh, Jarhead shooting up some peaceful protesters trying to do the Lord's work. Um, that's all I got to say about them. <laughs> Dude, that I, offense they got is I good. Knew I'd, I knew I'd get you on that one. Uh, the, the only team to me worth, really worth highlighting here, besides, I don't have any totals in this, um, is Ohio, where they were really building, the Ohio Bobcats were really building something cool. And then Frank Solich, former Nebraska coach, he had some heart problems, had to step down like this summer. Um, so just for that, for this conference, give me, dude, I'm definitely putting 10 bucks on this just for fun. 
Ohio Bobcats, plus 550. That's my conference championship pick. They're going to rally. Remember when I went on your show a couple years ago on, on College Experience? I was like, hey, the backup quarterback for Washington State committed suicide. Tragic magic. Take them this year. What they would do that year? Go 10-2? and two? I think so. I yeah. think so. Yeah, yeah. I think that... <laughs> so, I, I, hey, this is basically the plot from Necessary Roughness, where you got the just the final, the, the third act of Necessary Roughness, where the coach is in the hospital. God damn it. He helped us so much, and we're going to do I, it for I him. I see your point, man, and I, and I wasn't meaning to laugh at uh, Helensky, but I'm saying uh, you were dead on with that poll with Washington State going like 11-2 and two or something. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. I think there's value in... Oh, um, no, I've gone on your show and made some bold fucking flag pants before where I was like, Nebraska's going to... or Colorado's going to go into Lincoln and win this year and next year or whatever. Remember how I said Colorado yeah. was going to sweep, sweep Nebraska and Dude, go two and zero against in that home and Holy shit! And they so we, did it. They so we were getting our ass kicked in Boulder, and we came back, scored like seventeen in the final six minutes or eight minutes of the game, took it to overtime, won in overtime. I mean, and I remember, remember when I said, "Oh, they're bringing back this rivalry. Colorado will sweep it because Nebraska's trash." And you're like, "I'm a fan. I can't take that angle." But I was like, "I will." I was right. That's, <laughs> so I want to say, so that hey, I'm fl- planting my flag hard here. <laughs> like I haven't done a hard flag plant on this. Give me the Ohio Bobcats, dude. I like it. I like it. I like it. Um, I'll, I'll say, uh, I like. I mean, what was Toledo's odds? They're probably plus two ten. See, that's pretty. I think they're a decent shot. But okay, that's a little chalky some, there. Yeah, it's too chalky. I'll go with. Uh, you know, I think I think I wouldn't shock me at all if Central Michigan, even though they lose that Missouri game by thirty, they bring in a no, Washington they lose it by forty five. I'm calling it right yeah. now. <laughs> they, they bring in a Washington transfer, Jacob Sermon, who's a big recruit for Washington at the quarterback spot. That's the one piece they've been missing over the past couple of years. They had a great ground game, um, and I, I I think McElwain's a decent coach. I actually think kind of got a raw deal at Florida, so uh, if I, I, if I think. Just real quick, because like we got to get going here in the next yeah. couple of minutes. Real quick, if I was going to really throw a fucking horse race bet dart on this one, I'd go Northern Illinois at plus one fifty. It wasn't too long ago where they were dominating this conference. Well, and you got to remember they have like the best home field environment. Their fans go crazy. They yeah. didn't have them last year. Yeah, no. So, dude, um, yeah, I. So yeah, any other final thoughts on the Mac? Cause, like we got like two minutes left or so. Yeah, I think you'd take a shot on on uh, Central Michigan, or maybe take a shot on. Uh, if I, know, what, yeah, Miami, I, I, Ohio, maybe Chuck I, Martin's bunch. I mean, Eastern Michigan plays on the gray turf. That's cool. I love Chris Creighton. Yeah, I love Chris Creighton. That, that's but a cool. My brand of football. And Miami of Ohio is always fun too. By the way, you know that eighteen to one. Yeah. Yeah. But like, if I'm really gonna go deep on this. Northern Illinois at one fifty to one, just because fuck they've done it before. I, I like to stay away from the chalkier plays in this kind of conference because it, it's really the the best team's not that much far re- removed from the worst team when you. Really oh, that, but that's why it's fun to watch. This is actually, I think, one of the funner conferences. Well, and yeah, and then before we go, like I wanted to say that, like this conference, dude, they play on Tuesday nights. Yeah, <laughs> and so and it's a, it's like it's, they have like. Ten or like eight or nine teams that are legit contenders, and so. that 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 right there, having a a big field of teams that could possibly win this conference, and you play on Tuesday nights when there's literally no other football on. You're not competing against people on Saturdays, NFL Sundays, NFL Mondays, Thursdays, Friday now. Call with college, they have their own night. 
most of these, a lot of these schools in Ohio and Michigan where there's a lot of talent, this could eventually become a very good conference in the next few years. So, And it's a good philosophy. Hey, FCS. Hey, Independence. Hey, every other Play conference. Wednesday night games. Fucking hey, give, give us football seven days a week. This I, is they, what we look, want. They, they've been hiding behind this. Oh, they're athletes. They can't do it in the regular season. Well, that's this is coming to fruition. The NIL, the, how much money these universities make, including schools in the MAC, believe it or not. They need their football team. They sustain their uh, their university, essentially, from, a, from an economical standpoint. Uh, so, guys, okay, stop living under this illusion that, like, oh, well, they, they, the players need to study. No. Play the games on weeknights. You should do – I'm ashamed of, like, Dude, we, hey, I've taken college. Don't do it. I, I'm not a college graduate, but I took enough classes to know that uh, you can schedule your thing out. Or I'm just not going to have classes on Wednesday. <laughs> you can do there that. There you go. Exactly. So, uh, dude, Colby, man, this is fun, man. I wish we had more time, dude. Because dude. we could have gone six hours on this shit, dude. We really could have. <laughs> Anytime, brother. Anytime. Always a, always a good time, man. Please, uh, where can they find you? The Colby D on Twitter? At the Colby D on, uh, on Twitter. I host the College Football Experience, which is on Twitter. Everybody, like, honestly, if you want to make money on these smaller games this season, Colby will be doing at least a 15-minute episode on each one of them, pretty much. Yeah. Go to his feed, subscribe, give him the five stars, and give me the five stars, too, while you're there. Um like this is like you got you your brother Patty C. You guys have made me money the last couple of years betting college games. Like I I have paid my rent because of your picks on a couple months there. Dude, I mean, well, we've been over five hundred for four years. So follow us. We give away. We pick. We handicap every single Division One college football and college basketball game. So check us out. The college football experience and the college basketball experience. Appreciate you having me on, man. Oh, dude, and you've been listening to the Lux Ops here podcast with Scott Bowser. In case you weren't aware already, I'm pretty sure you were, but. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at LuxOpsPod. And we got a Patreon. Or Colby, guess what I'm going to be doing this year? A little series called Friday Night Lights. Where on Friday nights, it. we buckle up with a bottle of bourbon together, or you and me and who or whoever, and we go over what we're actually betting that weekend. Hell yeah. Let me come you back want in on that? You want to come one. back in on that soon? You're goddamn right I do. Fucking A, dude. So uh, <laughs> follow that. Uh, go over there. It's only five bucks a month to subscribe. It's like basically buying me a beer at the bar once a month. If the, I was at your neighborhood bar once a month, you would buy me a beer once a month. So go over to the Patreon at patreon.com slash LuxSoftSpod. Fucking, you know, throw in on that. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And I think I just barely made this under time to where it's not going to fuck with me uploading the file. Everybody. Good luck and keep, God bless you and keep gambling.